Hi, and welcome to Matt Holman Talks Mental Health, the podcast where I have the wonderful opportunity to talk to amazing humans about their experience, their journey with their mental health. Today, this is a bonus episode because one thing that I'm really passionate about is the conversation of mental health. And also when I train and I support other organizations and people, I always tell my story of my journey with mental health too. I think it's only fair as listeners that you know my motivations and my passions and why I enjoy so much the conversations that I have with the many people that want to be involved in these chats. So I'm going to just in the next few minutes give you an insight into my world, my story, the why, the what and the how and what my motivations are as we move into a new year because there are many things we can all do to improve this conversation about mental health and I'm really passionate that we can all do more and we will because through this media, through this form, through the podcasts and the series of things that we're trying to deliver, we are trying to help encourage more conversation. So, as I always say to my guests, please introduce yourself and let the audience know who you are. So let me do the introduction for myself for you. So I have been um, in travel and business for 20, 25 years, I guess. And it was a career that I started back in, in the mid, mid to late 90s, I guess. And it was a career that put me on a path where actually at the beginning of my, my journey, I was an accountant and qualified, took a long time to qualify. It wasn't the easiest thing for me, probably wasn't the right thing for me at the time, but I thought it was what I wanted to do to, to progress in business. Had lofty ambitions, lots of things I wanted to achieve. And I'm sure many of you listening um, recognize that in your younger versions of yourself. And I'm sure even now you have many ambitions. But I went through this journey for 20 years, I, su I suppose, where I was a global business traveler. Um, that was the thing that most of my friends would have known me as. They probably wouldn't have known what I did for a job, but I was a global business traveler working in the global business travel industry. And from 1997, I had the opportunity to fly all over the world um, for work. And it was great. And it really was an eye-opening experience for me. It gave me this wonderful um, awareness of the world around me, um, the people that live within different cultures, different countries, um, to the point that actually in 98, I met my, my now wife or my wife for, for the last 15 years. And she was from France. And it was while I was traveling, actually not for work, but for pleasure that I met her. And it's been a really useful sort of experience to get to know more about human beings, how we work, how we see the world very differently. And for me, for 20 years, I was flying everywhere, flying all over the world, I'm a frequent traveler. I know there's millions of people out there today who, who already do that, already do that. And, and the thing that I found fascinating was that there was not really any recognition for the impact that travel was having. And impact being the way that I felt when I was traveling, I never really looked at it. I guess now I've got this wonderful thing about self sort of, you know, realization of what's happened. I can reflect and think about the past experiences and use them to help me to understand how to progress in the future. But at the time I was living through this sort of, you know, I, I guess a, a space where I wasn't really me. I was trying to pretend to be a lot of things that I genuinely wasn't. Um, I thought I was, you know, I was invincible in many ways. I thought that I would be able to, to just, you know, soldier through life like many of us do and, and just sort of get on with it and enjoy the experience in the party, which was good. And I'm not going to deny that. I did have some great times when I was traveling, but I also had some really low moments, which I think now looking back, I can start to reflect upon some of those moments where I could have made some changes. I could have made some decisions. Now, I'm not one to hold the thought of grudges to any of those moments, but I am one that thinks about them and says, OK, so those are life experiences and learning experiences. And if I can share them with others, if I can support conversations for others to improve, let's do it. So as I was traveling throughout that career up until 2015, and I'll sort of stop at that point. 
up until 2015, I was flying without really ever being checked by anybody around if I was feeling okay or how I felt about going on trips. One year I did in excess of 100 flights, which I know is not excessive when it comes to some frequent travelers. And it was just something that just happened and it became part of who I was. It wasn't something I actually enjoyed much. I did a good job. I thought I was doing a good job in most of those roles. And, and the reality is that, you know, over time, things get harder, things get worse. And, and I'd never really addressed any of it. I think I just sort of lived in this oblivious bubble of, of everybody else is, is in struggles or troubles, not me. And, uh, and I'll get through this, whatever it is, whatever this was. And I didn't really know. And a couple of other events and things happened along that journey, that 20 years in that industry. Um, one was having our first child with my wife. We had our first child in 2002. Um, so now the parent of an adult, um, which I love. And then my wife struggled with, with her own uh, mental health challenges with postnatal depression following the birth of our daughter. And that was something I didn't really see happening. And it was a friend of hers that told me um, there were some, some things that weren't right and that we needed to get some help and support. And thankfully we did, we got the right help and support, but I was totally oblivious to what was going on. I just sort of dismissed it as, well, it doesn't happen in my family. It's not something that is, you know, connected to what we do and, and actually helps, you know, to, to recognize that anybody is susceptible to any of these illnesses. Then fast forward over a few years and a few things happened in the workplace with people that were going off sick with mental health issues. And um, we also had a corporate suicide that took place in one of the roles that I was in. I always remember being in America and, and learning of the, the loss of one of our colleagues from our Swiss operation um, back in the late 2000s. And, and, it was, and, and it was very impactful, but nothing that we'd really ever dealt with, nothing we'd ever really talked about in a capacity of a workplace. And I think that's something that we all need to be mindful of and conscious of is if people are struggling in silence the risks are much greater and then we get to sort of 2015 and I, I consciously made a choice to leave a role that I was sort of losing in in a lot of ways anyway I'd lost a lot of the power and responsibilities of that role and I took an option to leave and it was it was a great decision because it gave me the opportunity to evaluate and to reevaluate what was important um, it also was a transitional point in my life where most people would talk about going through middle age and I was turning 40 in 2015 and I wanted to make some changes to the way that I was working and living because I was tired and I really was and I was on the verge I would say of burnout if not already into it and I wanted to sort of help um, more people I wanted to support more people and it was at that point in 2015 I made a conscious choice to become a Samaritan a role that I absolutely love and adore a role that just gives me so much value and reward when it comes to knowing that I'm there to listen and to support somebody who's going through you know their own challenges and so that was a big piece for me but also I needed a job and I did something that I shouldn't have done really, which was go back to the industry that I knew very well. I took a job that meant I was trans, uh, sort of transferring between the UK and the USA every month. And it was very, very tiring and, and tiring to the degree that even I think my family were, were feeling the sort of the strain of it very early on and very early into that tenure of that role. And I would phone home and, and I'd be, I'd feel like an inconvenience to my, my family. And I was living for a week on my own in isolation, lone, you know, loneliness and isolation, definitely. I was in a hotel room um, for seven days and nobody ever really thought about that. Nobody ever really checked in with that. So come January of 2016 on a Friday afternoon, I was let go from that job. Um, it was brutal, it was rubbish. It made me feel really bad. Um, and it actually created this thing called post-traumatic stress, which was, I guess in some ways inevitable because I'd never addressed any of my worries or my concerns and my stress. 
And so that was a massive changing point for me in my life in 2016 to go from having the security of a job that I was doing very well, or I thought I was doing very well in, to the insecurity of not knowing what the next paycheck would be or where that would come from and how that would be developed. It took me a little while to get through that. And thankfully, I did. And thankfully, I came through it into a different world and I sort of ventured through a different rabbit hole into another area. And I started my own business because I had this ambition at that point. My motivation was driven by the fact that I had no plan B. I didn't know what I wanted to do. I just wanted to try and help people do stuff. And I don't even know what that meant. I just was really adamant that I did not want to work for anybody ever again. And I guess in that journey, in that pathway for me, my mental journey from there was I need to find a way to support people so that they don't get to the point that I got to when I was in my bad place, my difficult space. I never got to a point where I felt suicidal, but I do know that I got to many points where I was feeling very, very low. Alcohol was my friend. It was the thing that I always turned to. My wife doesn't know and would never have known that I was drinking more because it would just become sort of part of the normal everyday part of our lives. But that was something that I needed to change. And thankfully, and I, I genuinely say that thankfully with all my heart, I met amazing people. I knew amazing people who gave me lifelines. They gave me support. An amazing friend of mine, he gave me an opportunity and he, he just said, come and do some work with me. Come and help me, support me through some of the things we're doing to help him to, to win a contract. It was in an industry I'd never worked, but it gave me hope. I never lost that hope. I was still struggling. I was waking up with repetitive uh, thoughts every morning at 3 a.m. And I did for a very long time. Every morning at 3 a.m., my brain was just whirring and I could hear it whirring. And it was just going through everything that I did during the week I was in America that ended with me losing my job or, or being released from my job. And I could never find the answer because why would my brain ever give me the right answer? It would always give me outcomes that I knew already, which were you've, you've done wrong, you're bad, you've done something really bad and, and you're to blame and you're feel, you know, your feelings of worthlessness are, are you know, what you should be feeling. You should feel this way. So it was hard because I had all these things going on in my head. But thankfully, I, you know, as I say, many friends who were around us, they supported me, supported us. My wife's an angel. My children were very receptive to the fact that I was trying to do something and I was just desperately trying to cling on for, for dear life to do something and to get something. Didn't know where the next thing was coming. And then friends of mine, another company, uh, Memi are happy for. I'll name drop them shamelessly as I allow everybody to name drop shamelessly in here. Um, come in and gave me an opportunity to go and do some work with them, which was just the most amazing experience for me, the best life experience for me, actually, because it helped me to recognize that people are nice, that people can still be kind, people can still support you where you're feeling low and vulnerable. And I felt, at the point that I lost my job in America, I genuinely felt rubbish. I felt the worst I've ever felt. I felt so low, so demoralized, so demotivated, and a failure. For the first time in my life at 41 years old, nearly 41 years old, I was a failure. And I hated to have to admit to that. But you know what? It's helped me because it's given me this courage and this passion, maybe courage, maybe not courage, but it's given me this passion and this drive and this energy to improve myself and to improve the work through the work that I do. So my business Simpler was created on the basis that I want to help small businesses or small companies or groups or whoever it was that was interested in talking to me at the time to support conversations to grow to learn to encourage things to happen and I was so lucky to have a network of people that really got behind me with this this thought this concept and 
then the journey began. The new journey into the world of mental health and well-being began with Memia and Happy Four and their wonderful directories, the counselling directory and, and the many different directories that they support today. And I was learning. I was running marketing functions that I'd never run before. And I was learning as I went. And we launched some wonderful biz, biz, uh, videos around anti-bullying awareness week back in the end of 2016 um, with some campaigns, which was just fantastic. First time we'd ever launched any, any sort of, you know, uh, group really, you know, quality production videos. And, and it was just great. And, and I'm so lucky that I had those opportunities. And I, and I recognize that and I, I genuinely hand on heart. And I've said it, Amy Mourners was one of the podcasts that I was one that, you know, had the wonderful opportunity to, to record before Christmas. And I love Amy and I love all her family and they're just amazing humans because they value you. They value you as a human and they help you as the human. And I think that's such an important part of the message. So that takes us up to when I started my business, really. Um, this is a long introduction, but you know what? I'm just flowing into the conversation of mental health and my journey. So really from that point, I'm, I had a new found passion, a new life. I was already a Samaritan. And on reflection, I can say, I think I joined Samaritans early, too early, because I did the thing that I encourage others not to do. I did the thing that I always say in training we need to be mindful of. And, and I'm sure listening to this, you'll know this already but we often help others before we help ourselves. So it's really useful. And, you know, the, the point for me is about recognizing I should have done more for me to solve my challenges, to fix or repair or recover or whatever the word is that you want to want to use to try and help me get better in my mental well-being. And I didn't. So I probably did that a year early. The crash that I had in 2016 was something I had to have. So I'm really positive about that experience, although it's really bad what happened. And if I think back too much to those moments, um, yeah, they can be quite anxiety inducing and worrying, of course, still. And they always play on my mind today for the future. What's going to happen? Will people, you know, use that against me in some way? And I hope not. But it's given me this great opportunity now to learn more about well-being. And when I went into the, the role with Happy Fall, um, we launched a magazine in 2017. So fast forwarding into that thought, the magazine is one of the most amazing pieces of um, media that I've ever come across when it comes to the ability to communicate a story, to communicate to others um, this reality of there is always hope, positive mental health, there is always hope. Um, and it's just been fantastic. And it's gone from strength to strength. I can't take any responsibility or credit for the, for, the, for the magazine. I don't write the magazine. I'm not the editor and the wonderful writers that work with it. Um, but I was involved in that journey. And it was just one of the most fascinating experiences for any of us to go through. Because at the time when we launched the magazine, none of us had any experience, um, with the exception of the editor. And, and, and that was it. So, so it's just been this fascinating world. And in 2018, I decided I wanted to do more. I became a mental health first aid uh, England instructor. Um, that's a core part of my business today. You often see me on LinkedIn and across social media promoting our many courses and the wonderful stuff that we do. Um, been very lucky to train in excess of 2,000 people over the last two, two and a half years in, in mental health first aid and the courses attached to mental health first aid. And, and I look forward to 2021 where we're just going to be expanding. We're going to be bringing on more trainers. We're going to be bringing on more courses. And we want to really help to raise this conversation of mental health. And it has been a wonderful opportunity for us as a business to to really get get our feet into the world of mental health support um, in terms of growing the conversation that first line awareness of what is mental health so critical I think many people still struggle with this understanding of what mental health actually means but we're helping with that conversation that's what 
simpler is doing now we are supporting companies we've got some amazing clients out there we've worked with some brilliant companies over the last two years and we're still growing and we're still trying to help more and we've got lofty ambitions to just help improve this conversation it's so important and aligned to that some other challenges that we've been through i think it's it's, it's fair for me to make this this comment now and to say it has been a hard ride for two years. It has been since April of 2018 when I launched uh, the, the mental health first aid training within my organization. It's been brutal, um, not because of the training. The training itself is just the most phenomenal thing. Getting to meet amazing delegates and amazing people on every training course is just fascinates me. I just love it. I'm so privileged to be able to do that and to hear their stories and to hear their um, their challenges. But what I do want to say is about some of our experiences. In 2018, around the same time that I started delivering mental health first aid, uh, my eldest daughter was diagnosed with a serious mental illness with anorexia. And, and that was really tough because for anybody that's listening to this that's a parent, for anybody that's listening to this that has young people around them who they may support or they may be you know, worried about, please talk please do make sure you talk make sure you get support make sure you talk to somebody that might be going through similar experiences or might have been through i'm available to talk to anybody about the experiences we've had with our daughter and it does get deeper it does get harder and it is a real horrible beast of an illness the illness that our daughter unfortunately was struggling with at the time it becomes the thing that tries to divide the family it becomes the thing that tries to destroy everything around it. It's like the um, the tornado that just sort of keeps spinning until it's picked everything up and thrown it all out of the sides. And it was horrible. It really was. It was it was such a low point for us as a family, for us mentally, for my wife mentally, and for, for myself, of course. I tried to keep a brave face on everything. I tried to make everything right. I made I tried to fix everything. I did the typical parent role of we can fix it um, because that's what we're there for, right? And it didn't work and it didn't work. And, and in 2019, in September, we were faced with the reality that our daughter didn't want to be alive anymore. And that was hard. That was the, the hardest thing I've ever had to go through in any of my life, career, you know, anything that I've been through in relationships with other people. Having your own child not want to be alive is, is brutal. And, and, you know, I say this because I want people to understand my motivations. I hope you get that through this conversation or this, this podcast and this, this information that I'm sharing with you now. And she tried, you know, she tried to, to, to take herself out of the game and, and it, yeah, that's a tough one. It's a tough one because we weren't expecting it. Um, why would you, why would you expect it? And we found it was a very difficult moment. Um, for us as a family and to the point that then she got hospitalized um our lockdown one unlike others was hard because we were not able to see our daughter for 12 weeks uh christmas last year was horrendous we went to manchester she was taken to manchester and she was there for five months we went to manchester and yeah we had to spend like moments with her really um and it was horrible to see and it was horrible to be part of and of course, we do anything for her. She's our daughter and we love her to pieces, but that's difficult. But this year we had breakthroughs. We never gave up hope. And this is the big part. All the crap that was going on, all the things she was going through, we were, we were side by side all the time. We were there for her to support her through her challenges, through the moments where we knew things were gonna be difficult, where decisions had to be taken, where 
you know, places and locations were changing constantly for where she needs to be cared for. And we've been all around the country for the last 12 months. And, and I disappeared a lot from, from a lot of our friends and communities because we were tired. We were spending most of our time outside of work visiting our daughter. And when we couldn't, we were in lockdown. So most people were still, you know, we were, we were struggling to, to get through that. But in July of this year, we had a breakthrough. In July of this year, we had some more clarity around what was going on. We got the right support. And we then started to plan for her to come home. And it was just the most amazing thing. In September, she came home and she gave me praise. She told me she was proud of me. She told me that she was so proud of the work I did in mental health. And yet I'm proud of her because she's been through this journey that many of us won't go through, thankfully. But she has been through this journey and she's learned a big experience through that. And she uses that to talk to others, to support others. And I'm so, so proud of her. My heart bursts with pride for her. But that's one of the reasons why I, I get up every day and do this. That's one of the reasons why when I was given the opportunity to launch a podcast in November, and that was just the most bizarre thing. I didn't want to stop myself from doing it. I wanted to look at it as an opportunity to help more people because we can all do more. We can all help more people. And the podcast was launched off the thoughts of all of these things culminating together. Cumulative thoughts of, I don't want anybody to lose their jobs. I don't want people to struggle. I don't want parents or carers or loved ones to be worried about talking about how they feel. And so I ask re frequently how people feel and I really genuinely care. And I know many people do and I know many people want to do more and that's fantastic. So the podcast was a great opportunity for me to talk to people, to have conversations with people who I've known for maybe moments, but maybe for years. But what I know about that individual is I like the way they talk. I like the way they tell their story or they've got an, an amazing story. Many people I talk to in training rooms say, I don't have an interesting story. Well, I beg to differ because I think we've all got interesting stories. It's just because we've lived it, we don't feel it's that interesting to others. But the podcast is giving more people the chance to talk. And I'm going to continue doing it as long as people want to talk to me. Of course, I'm reaching out and talking to people, but I want people to get involved in it. It's more of a community movement for me than it is anything else. I don't want anything from it. I just want a conversation and a chat. So I'm more than willing to give up or donate an hour here and there to have these conversations. And I just find it fascinating. If you've listened to any of the podcasts, you'll know that there is a theme throughout all of them. And the theme is just about individuals telling their own unique story and having the ability to put words around things that have really happened to them and how they've really felt. Sometimes that could be the first time they've ever told anybody. And what I found fascinating in some of those conversations is I've learned so much through just chatting, through just giving somebody the chance to talk. Those people who I thought, right, this is about judgment. We always think we've got an idea of who people are and why they do it and what they do. Who thought or who I thought I knew. I didn't know as much as I thought I knew. And it was fascinating to learn more. So we're going to do more. And that's why, as I come to the end of this recording, and I don't want it to be too long, otherwise you'll feel like I'm just going on and on and on. And I could do, and I do a lot, and I know my colleagues will probably say I do go on far too long, is to look forward. Look forward into next year, into 2021. Look forward with hope and opportunity. And I know that doesn't look 
you know, like that for everybody at the moment. And I'm not trying to just be this uh, sort of evangelist of hope, but why not? Let's hope that things are going to improve for everybody. Let's hope that the world starts to turn again. Let's hope that everything comes back in some form of normality. And if nothing else, that we can regain or reconnect as humans. These conversations are about connecting as human to human, okay, in a virtual world, but they're still relevant and important. So the thing that I'm preparing or that I've been planning is this event that's going to take place on the 3rd to the 4th of February, February, um, which is on Time to Talk Day. So Time to Talk Day in the UK is on the 4th of February. And it's a day where we're encouraging people to talk to each other, have a chat, check in, 10 minute cup of coffee, have a chat about what's going on. But what I want to do with that in the podcast, of course, is expand it. I'm going to have 24 hours of conversations with 24 amazing people. And so far, I think we've got 24 people already signed up to do it. And we're spanning the globe. We're going to talk to people from all over the world. I'm just so happy to be able to have conversations with people from Australia all the way across to the west coast of the US. And we're going to follow the sun as these recordings are done. And I'm going to take 24 hours of awake time. I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to sleep. I love my sleep. And it's going to be so important for this conversation of mental health. I really hope you're able to get behind this. I hope that you're able to support this because with your help and your support, we can make this much bigger. We can get more conversations going and we can get more people involved in the conversation of mental health. So that's a little bit about my journey. That's about what I've done. That's about where I've been. That's about my life. That's about my personal life and my private life. And I'm not shy or ashamed of anything that's happened because we're all going through experiences Sometimes they're good, and I hope many of them are. Sometimes they're positive, but sometimes they're also not that good. And when we talk about them, we can learn more about how it impacts on each individual. And so we change, we evolve, and we adapt. I'm much more open about my mental health now. I talk to people about my mental health. I recognize the things that impact my mental health to the point that on the 31st of August 2020, I stopped drinking alcohol. I don't know if that's forever. I don't know how long it will be for. But what I can say is I have found it to be something that has a positive impact on me. I thought it wouldn't because I enjoyed alcohol, as many people do. I used to use it for, you know, socialization and things like that. But the reality was I didn't need it. So when I changed and I stopped, I felt the benefits of that. Sleep is really important to me, too. I sleep now when I'm tired. My wife gets frustrated because I go to bed sometimes very early. But hey, if I'm tired, my body's telling me it needs rest. I need to rest. So I don't get too fixated on the length and duration of the sleep, but more about the quality of the sleep. And so making adjustments to sleep when I'm tired means that now I feel more awake and lively. And the third string to that really is around exercise. I've tried to do more. I'm really trying to get back into running, although having a bit of a, a glass knee isn't a good thing. So I need to be careful. But, you know, we can all do more. We can all get out. Following this, I'm going to go and walk my dog and get some more fresh air, which is great because I'm so looking forward to that. Getting outside, getting some fresh air, looking after myself, obviously looking after my dog um, and really just taking more care, more time to myself. So that's the end of this podcast. I really hope that you're OK. I really hope that things for you are going OK. And I want this to feel like an intimate conversation between us. I want you to feel that there is always somebody there. And as I always say at the end of the podcast, there is. There really is somebody there for you. Whether you recognise that or not, there is somebody that is willing to talk, to listen. 
please do make sure that you take time to have conversation with others, share kindness with others. So maybe reach out and text somebody you might be worried about. Maybe make that call that you've been putting aside for a little while. Just find the time. A few minutes can be a big changer for many people. And if you are really struggling, you need a safe space to talk. As I always say, Samaritans is there 24 hours a day, seven days a week. It's free to call on 116123. Please know it's non-judgmental. We're there to listen. We're not there to give you advice. We're there to help you through a conversation that might just change your life. Please keep talking about mental health. I just want to wish you all the very best. Here's to a successful 2021 for everybody. Um, and let's keep talking. Thank you.